0: john 13 and romans 13 and let's go ahead and pray father in the name of jesus thank you once again today for the opportunity we have to study your word and to hear from heaven we look to you for direction for instruction and in righteousness that we may be thoroughly equipped and furnished unto every good work Lord, we trust you right now and ask that each person has eyes to see and ears to hear hearts open and receptive may all the glory and praise be unto you in jesus name Amen. Well, we've been teaching a series the last few weeks called The Love of God. All right, This is, uh, this is a very important message. The love of God. It's the very foundation and root and and, and source of our life. And if we're, if we're going to grow in God, if we're going to move forward and build something great, it's got to be founded upon the love of God. Both the love of God to us, in us, and through us. And, uh, and let's go ahead and read our text again. John 13:34. Jesus said, A new commandment I give to you That you love one another as I have loved you. That you also love one another. Okay. How are we to love? As He loved us. Okay. And this is the new commandment. It is the New Testament requirement for us. Uh, Also in Romans chapter 13. Romans chapter 13. And let's read over here in verse 8 as well. It says, "O no one anything except to love one another. For he who loves one another has fulfilled the law. Okay? In other words, you're never going to expire this, this um, debt of love. We're always going to owe someone the love of God. And this is what God requires of us. You know, I could, I could make a case because I love to teach on faith. I love to teach on the power of the spoken word and, and, and believe in what God has said. And uh, I, I can make a case that faith is the most important thing you should learn after beca- getting saved. Except for when I run into love. And I find that... Scattered out throughout the New Testament I found out it is the New Testament command and I know this that if I get established in the love of God and I'm walking in this love that faith is really a component of that because as you know the scripture says faith works by love okay and when I get grounded in the love of God there are other things that are going to come easily to me they're going to come naturally to me when I know how much God loves me it's easy for me to believe him it's easy for me to trust him but so many times people they don't have faith in God they don't trust God because they don't know him they don't know that he is love he is the embodied of love and he loves us so much and so the scripture went on to say here in verse 9 for the commandments you shall not commit adultery you shall not murder you shall not steal you shall not bear false witness you shall not covet and if there is any other commandment are all summed up in this saying namely you shall love your neighbor as yourself love does no harm to a neighbor therefore love is the fulfillment of the law. So really when we get this down we don't have to worry about adultery, don't have to worry about murder, don't have to worry about covetousness because it's all consumed and contained in this powerful source and, and, and substance called the love of God. It's what we're supposed to walk in. Again let me, let me remind you that we have expressed to you three different categories of how uh, we are to live this love life and that is number one receiving and understanding the love that God has for us. Okay. If you were here we, we of course took the first three weeks of this series talking about how much God loves us it might seem that you could just say well God loves you it's it's really bigger than that and us having an understanding of that really goes beyond our natural knowledge to an experience of God and he wants you to know how much you love him it's the foundation for you loving other people for you feeling good about yourself it'll rid your life of fear and condemnation and all kinds of junk when you simply know how much God loves you and so we have to be grounded in that those messages are available if you if you missed by any chance but then we also we were speaking to you about the second point And that is God's love in us. And and we need to understand that love and salvation are connected. When you receive the Lord Jesus, you were born again. You were born of love. And the Bible says his love was poured out in your heart by the Spirit. Okay? There is a direct connection between the love of God and being saved. All right? If you're not saved, you don't have this divine love in you. And if you are, it is absolutely there. Don't refer to yourself any longer as a selfish person. Don't don't say I'm just uh, you know sometimes people will say that in an attempt of being uh, you know philosophical or, or or at least an attempt at humility and they'll say well we're all just selfish creatures well I was a selfish person but I was born again I was a sinner but I was saved come on now I was I was not seeking after God and He was seeking after me but I'm talking past tense now I really believe that the new birth worked. I really believe that if any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things are passed away and all things have become new. And so I can then adequately and accurately speak about myself and say, I am a lover, full of love. I'm righteous. I'm holy. I put other people first. God's kingdom comes before my kingdom. I always do those things that please him. Okay, now someone might think that's boasting. I'm boasting in the Lord because in and of myself, if I just talk about my flesh apart from God, that is not me. Am I ever tempted to live otherwise? Absolutely. But I'm making statements of faith that agree and and come in line with God's word. And I'm glorifying Him by saying what He said about me instead of what I think about me and the way I feel. And if I'm ever going to live this life of love, it's got to be a faith life okay because love is uh is something that you will have to go beyond feelings if you're going to walk in this okay i'm getting ahead of myself i'll come back to that but we need to understand god's love is in us by virtue of the new birth when jesus came to live in you and you were saved you now have a deposit of the very love of god it's the real thing and if you'll learn to yield to that it will change all your relationships Okay and that gets us into point number three, which is the love of God through us. okay but I really can't focus on the love of God through me unless I know how much He loves me unless I know that he has placed that ability on the inside of me. you know if he if there's a nail sticking out of a piece of wood and it's the will of God that I drive it in, I could be working really hard mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just trying to push that nail in just I'm just I'm struggling it's going to take me a while could take me hours or years <laughs> to push that nail and How many of them a lot of people are doing that? They're doing that in their life. They're trying to live for God. They're trying to do what God wants them to do. They're trying to obey His, His commandments and they're pushing. And the thing is what do they need to know about? The hammer. How are you ever going to put the nail in unless you know about a hammer? But the moment you know about a hammer, that God gives you a hammer, that, he, that a hammer belongs to you now, it's in your possession, that you can pick it up and bang the nail in. Okay. Likewise, how am I going to walk in this love towards you? How am I going to be nice towards you when you're ugly towards me? i got to know I have a hammer. <laughs> in other words... I've got to know that I have the equipment necessary, that I'm not this helpless, pathetic, selfish thing, just trying to live for God and trying to live, do things the way He would do it, but I don't have the substance or the capability to do it. Come on, talk about a a tough life. That's why it's important that we first be equipped to know, I can handle anything and everything that comes my way, and I can deal with it the exact same way that God Himself would deal with it. Because God has come to live in me. He has poured out his love in me. I have the ability to love people completely unselfishly. Oh yeah. Now if I'm not yielding to that. That's an issue. Okay. And we need to learn to yield to it. But it starts from the foundation of knowing that. The possibility and the capability is there for us. When we talk about the love of God. Understand. I use the term love of God on purpose. To differentiate between human love, natural love, what many people in life refer to as love is just so far away from what God calls love. Okay, Let's talk about the love of God a little bit. What is it like? What is it not like? First of all, the love of God is not about what someone else can do for you. It's not about what someone else can do for you. In other words, what I'm telling you today is that you should not be compiling a list as i teach how love acts and behaves and how it treats another person you should not be compiling a list of all the people you know need to hear this you should not be thinking man my wife need, if she would just get a hold of this things would really turn around for us hmm. though that might be true that you know some people that need to hear it i think we've missed the points Because the love of God is not about what someone else does for you. The love of God is about what you do for somebody else. All right. Many, many people are completely in in inward focus. And because of that, that love that's been imparted to them through the new birth is being squashed down. It's just being held down and being kept from, uh, from flowing out of them. So again, it's not about what someone else can do for you. It is about what you can do for someone else. Number two, love is not a feeling. What what kind of love are we talking about? Talking about the love of God. Pure stuff. It is not a feeling. The world thinks of love as something that I feel rather than something I can do for you. All right. Many marriages. I've personally dealt with a number of people in marriage who are on the brink of divorce who their, their reasoning and their their explanation for their dilemma and what they were about to do was simply, I do not love them anymore. We have lost the sizzle. They lost that love and feeling. <laughs> Thank you for the help. <laughs> they lost, it, They you know, life is no longer the steamy hot tub and uh, they, ha- they no longer love that person anymore how many know that person probably never operated in the love of God they never did they never, they never, what they thought was love before was just some superficial thing it really had no roots to it it had no substance to it because otherwise it couldn't leave Okay, Many people their idea of love is just wrong in this regard that they see it as something that comes and goes. Love comes and love goes. No it doesn't. This kind of love you either have it or you don't. And when you get saved you have it. Then it's a matter of am I going to yield to this love? And what I've had to tell some in that situation I said I just got to be honest with you. It's not that you don't love your your wife anymore you just chose not to you just decided you're deciding right now i am not going to love you anymore and they they don't think that way because they're not feeling this overwhelming rush of emotion and that to them defines whether love is present or not i gotta tell you man this love is much deeper than an emotion this love is much more substantive than a how many emotions with the best of us come and go I mean, you got the the people who their their marriage was made in heaven. Not really, but you know how how they say that. I got to tell you, they're married for a while. After a few years, they are not going to get goosebumps every time the person walks in the door. Woo! There they are again. If if you're feeling that every time, you've been married a week. <laughs> But if you stuck with a little bit longer than that, you th- you've had these. You've had some other thoughts. <laughs> Dude, take a shower. I mean, not me, but or, or I should say, not her. <laughs> but the love of God, if that's operating, if that's the foundation of a relationship, that sets the platform for the the feelings. Okay, am I saying the feelings of Or the emotional aspect of someone loving someone is unnecessary or unimportant. No, that's very important. It's just not the foundation. Because that will come and go. And many people, they make their decisions on how they love someone. Especially if someone treats them wrong. Where's the emotion there? It's like in the tank, isn't it? I mean, it's like I'm ticked off. I'm angry. So therefore they think... I don't love that person anymore. You're operating on the wrong kind of human, selfishly motivated love. That's not what's in you. That's not what you're born of. What the substance that's in us through Christ allows us to deal with a person on the basis of just the love itself as opposed to what they do. All right. Okay. And so, uh, again, love is not a feeling. You know how sometimes people fall in love? Whoa. Well, how many know if a person can fall in love, they can probably fall out of love. Okay, again, am I taking away anything from some kind of spark that people feel and, uh, you know, a man and a woman feel when they first meet and there's, some, uh, there's a, a, an attraction there physically and, and they connect and I'm not taking anything away from that and some of that stuff is very real, it's just not the foundation for a relationship, not the foundation for a marriage and if that's all that's there, again, like, we got to understand, it's going away. Okay, and hopefully it comes back and you do things that'll help stir that up, but if you don't have the love of God as your foundation, it will not come back. Hmm? It'll come back in somebody else. And so natural love is really more of a love of self. I love me. It focuses on other how others how it focuses on focuses on how it feels and how others make them feel. Okay, you know, sometimes, uh, sometimes when teenagers are uh, are dating and interested in uh, in someone else, oftentimes they'll use the word love way too soon. And really, if it were can really be defined, is people don't when they, in that context they don't love the other person, they love the way that person makes them feel. They love the way that person makes them look. I look better with you there. <laughs> and when I'm with you and we're together, I feel really good. And so they interpret that. That's love. Well, that's really shallow. And that's really, really temporary. Okay? Uh, sometimes when people watch too many movies, too many love movies they get a real misunderstanding of what the love of God is. Okay, And again, they wouldn't call it the love of God, but that's the problem. It's just all in one basket. This is love. And they see these people living these unimaginable lives and they long for it and they want it and they wish their life could be like that. I wish I could have what they have. and And they don't even have what they have. That person who's got their act all together on the screen, they've been married 14 times. Know what I'm talking about? They do not. And you would think, because they know the lines, they could at least fake it. (laughs) I mean, can't you just do in life what you did on the screen? You did in the movie, be that person? They can't. They can't. It's not real. And for a person to look and long for something like that, man, that's not the real life. That's not real life. We need to come back to the substance and reality of love is Jesus and how He loved us. It is laying down our lives for another person okay and so we should not treat love again as something that comes and goes without our control if love is there it's because you decided that it was there if love is gone you made a choice to not love and we are making that choice every day someone talks about you behind your back you have a choice what am I going to do with this now am I going to love them am I going to strike back we choose because it's not about a feeling now if it is we're striking back if it is we're cutting off relationships if it is we're going to do all the things that the world does but if we make it a a choice to yield to the love of God it will be independent of what someone else does to us all right here's number three it's it's connected here number three it is not love that responds to another's actions or, or another person's good goodness towards you all right. What what love is not, it's not, this is the love of God, it's not a love that responds to somebody else. In other words, you do good to me, I do good to you. You scratch my back, I'll scratch your back. You're kind to me, I'm kind to you. How many know that a whole lot of people are that way? There's a few turkeys out there that will you scratch their back and they'll hit in the head right? But a whole lot of people, saved, unsaved, they will operate in that level of love. You do something for them, they will do something for you. Is there anything wrong with that? Well, in and of itself, there's nothing wrong with that except when the other person stops scratching. Because that kind of person is simply responding. If you're nice to me, Then I'm going to be a nice guy to you. But if you betray me. You come against me. I'm going to take you out. You stop scratching. I stop scratching. And that's the way. This is unfortunate. But many Christians live. They live exactly by that. If you're nice to them. They're going to be nice to you. But if you're not. They stop being nice. They stop walking in love. And the love of God goes beyond that. How many know you never scratch the Lord's back. And he scratched doors anyway. Uh, you never did anything that deserved something from him. But he gave his life for you. And this is the example of what we are to live like. Someone talks about you behind your back. Someone treats you wrong. And you smile. You talk good about them. You throw a $100 bill in their hand and bless them. Nothing short of the love of God would cause a person to do that. Nothing short of something supernatural, the very essence of God himself, would motivate a person to act that way. But that's what we're called to do, okay? Think about husbands and wives if they would operate in that. But so many times, they're focused on what the other person is not doing. Well, if you do this, I do this. If you do your part, I do my part. Well, what about one person just doing their part, period, period? You know, I heard someone one time. They were saying, "I'm in this relationship, and I do all the giving. I mean, I'm laying down my life. I'm I'm making all, taking all the initiative. If it wasn't for me taking an initiative, we wouldn't have a relationship at all. They just sit back. They don't do anything. I'm contributing. I'm doing, giving all the effort. They're not doing anything. Well, sounds to me like you got it right. What's the problem?" Sounds to me like the other person has a problem, not you. What are you so concerned about? You just keep doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Say, but that's not fair. That's not the question. <laughs> the question is, what are you walking in? Not whether, what is, what is someone else walking in? That's their issue. So what could you do? Well, let's say this is a marriage. The person could keep doing that. Or they could quit and both of them could be selfish. At least it's fair playing field, right? At least it's, yeah, and it's miserable. And you can be guaranteed that that thing is going apart. At least with one person, God has something to work with. At least with one person, I mean, at least you're doing right. God's going to bless you. And I can't help but think sooner or later, it's got to come back on you. Come on, you're sowing seed here. You're doing right. It's got to be kicked back to you. But, but don't stop doing right because someone else is doing wrong. I'm just doing all the giving. Well, you're doing a great job. Keep it up. <laughs> They're not doing anything. Well, keep it up. You're doing a good job. That's the attitude. That's the focus. It's not on somebody else. It's on what we're doing. It's on, it's on us doing what God wants out of us. In Matthew five forty six, Jesus said, For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even the tax collectors and sinners do the same? And that's true. Come on, man, even people out in the world, people who are are not living for God at all, they'll act that way. They'll treat treat you right if you treat them right. It's up to us now to raise the standard here. Raise the bar. Say, I'm going to treat you right when you treat me wrong. I'm going to do good to you when you do me wrong. That's something supernatural. Because your flesh does not like it. Your flesh wants revenge. Wants to get back. Wants to hold people at arm's length. They act right. Go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians, the fourth chapter, and and the ninth verse. It says, But concerning brotherly love, what kind of love? Brotherly. Brotherly love, you have no need that I should write to you, for you yourselves are taught by God to what? To what? love one another. In other words, not brotherly love each other, but to love one another. And indeed you do so toward all the brethren who are in in Macedonia. But we urge you, brethren, that you increase more and more. Understand that the Lord, being love himself, is the best teacher of all for us to walk in that love. And here the the Scripture tells us that God is, That they are taught by God to love each other. If you want to walk in the love of God, look to Him. Come on, I I tell you what, ask Him. Say, Lord, teach me this. Teach me how to love each other. They were taught of God. God taught them to love each other. I believe He's teaching us right now. But God taught them. He will teach you how to love. But here's here's one of the, the things here. What about brotherly love? Well, if someone is taught by God to agape love, if you want to get into the Greek words, to use the love of God, God teaches them how to operate in the love of Him, then brotherly love, other types of love are going to be easy. If you can operate in the highest type of love. Operating in any other type of love. Of reciprocating. Of doing these things. Is going to be simple in comparison. Alright. There are different types of love. You know many times people will refer to love. As simply a sexual experience. And, uh, and how many know. That if someone operates in the love of God. The eros love. Erotic type of love between a husband and wife is going to be easy. You know, all kinds of people have trouble with other different types of expression. But, you know, the love of God is the foundation for all this. And I'll get into a little bit more of what that actually is. But uh, but other types of love and expression become easy when the love of God is the foundation of it. And too many times people have learned from the world... Learn their mind needs to be renewed. How does a Christian act towards another person, towards a mate, towards a friend, towards an enemy, towards a, uh, you know, someone they don't a stranger? How do we act towards How do I operate in this love? When we learn how what this love flow is, it makes all the difference in the world. Now now look at First Corinthians 13, First Corinthians chapter 13 and, and, and verse one. Of course, you know the context of this if you know the book, 1 Corinthians, talking about, we're talking about power here, talking about gifts of the Spirit, even talking about ministry gifts. He says, "...though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing." And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Basically, we can see here that love makes everything valuable. Love makes everything worthwhile, and you extract the love of God. You extract love from anything that you can do, and it becomes tinkle, tinkle, bang, bang right it's just clang it's just hollow it's just noise it's just nothing of substance and you can you know the things he lists here are pretty amazing you have faith to move mountains he just got done talking about the gifts of the spirit you can prophesy and speak in a new tongue and do all these things apparently inspired by the spirit of god but without love he said you wasted your time man this thing is empty it's dry it's worth nothing and this will give us insight as well It's that I want to be used of God in the supernatural. I want to be used of God in gifts of the Spirit. Used of God in the supernatural flow. How can I do that? Let love be your your, your leader. Your guide. If you genuinely and sincerely love people. And want them helped. And want God to move in their life. That flow of love will be the flow that brings a word of knowledge it brings a, a word of wisdom it brings a manifestation of the working of miracles are you listening i know many many of you if not everyone man that if you really live for god you want to be used of god you want i mean it's something special to know that god used you to bring another person into the kingdom man it's amazing that god used you to bring healing to another person's life That's, this, is, this is wonderful how can i get in that flow you got to care more about them than you do about <laughs> I am anointed. (laughs) Power comes out of me. You see that? Wow. Listen, we we nearly need to be more, uh, the love of God towards another person wants them helped. It's not about what you look like or credit that you give or the thanks that people will give you when you are used of God in their life. The heart has to be, man, I want people helped. I want sick people well. I want poor people brought out of poverty. I want people who are addicted to have that stuff broken off their life. I want people in marriages, man, I want them to be at peace and harmony and joy. And if we desire that and we're looking, okay, Lord, I'm your vessel. I'm here to be used of you. I'm here to minister to people. I really want them helped. He knows you're not in it for the glory. You're not in it so for the recognition. I mean, you know, too many people want to be recognized. Man, too many people want to be seen. They want a spotlight shown on them. Look at me. I, I got faith to move mountains. Well, big whoop de doo You know, tingle, tinkle, tinkle. <laughs> clonk, clonk. Clang, clang. There's no, nothing powerful there until we have the love of God. There's a vast difference between what many people call love and what God calls love. Love is not about attention drawn to oneself. Love is not uh, uh, about look at me. It's about look at the Lord and look at others. You know, sometimes people are always doing things. I've been in search services where there are people trying to draw attention to themselves. Where are, they're do things. Everyone else is, you know, the flow of a service is going a certain way. But they'll go completely the other way. Just so everyone will go. You know, just being overly loud in some weird way and loud is good if you're praising God but you know they're just trying to stand out from the crowd and, 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 and making comments you ever been around a comment maker I don't mean they're saying yes amen and that was good they're, they're giving commentary the whole message and everyone around was going mm. <laughs> I was in a service one time uh, i wasn't speaking in the service. I was sitting in the service, listening to a man teach and it was real good, and this particular person was asking a question and letting people think about it and and, uh, and I, he he was just say, he was basically saying this because there was a number of pastors there, and he he was asking, "Is your church the kingdom of God?" but he didn't answer it right away, and this guy sitting right behind me he said, "Yep, yeah, mine is." <laughs> Then he went on, the the teacher went on to explain how basically your church is not, but it's part of the kingdom of God. And he's behind me saying, yep, that's right. Uh, Anyway, Uh, you got to watch what you say really loud. Amen. And, uh, but again, the love of God is not drawing attention to yourself. We want to draw attention to the Lord. Even when he uses us amazingly, man, and it's supernatural and none can deny it. Man, God moved here. God did this. We should be, if at all possible, we blend into the background as much as possible. I realize that's not altogether possible, but we want to be saying the Lord gets the glory. He gets the honor. And the love of God will promote him and it'll look for other people to be lifted up and for you to be uh, sitting back and uh, just saying, yay, God. Amen. Love for each other is not based on feelings. I think I already said that. It's not. You can't love others based upon how you feel for them at the moment. Because feelings come and go. Feelings are up and down. And if you love someone based on a feeling, you are in for a roller coaster. And we are called, listen, we are called to love each other. Remember Jesus said, "A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Love one another. I'm not even talking about the world right there. I'm talking about each other. And, and listen. If we do not learn. As a church family. To love each other. It is only a matter of time. Until you leave the church. And the supply of the spirit of God. In your life is cut off. Okay. This is one of those tragic things. That should never ever happen. But it happens constantly in churches because people are so much yielding to the flesh they don't know how much God loves them how the love of God has been deposited in them and then live out of that that they're so quick to take offense so quick to be offended and, and, and be hurt and be angry and be holding a grudge against somebody else like the person who came to me and Not in this church, but he said, is it okay that I really can't stand this other person that goes to our church? He said, I just really can't stand him. And he was literally asking, thinking like maybe we could sit on opposite sides and, and, or go to a different service, and is that okay? I said, no, that's not okay. Come on, man, that's the devil. That's not the love of God in you. And that, that's not how, a, how a, the body of Christ is to operate. If you're angry with him, what does that have to do with anything? okay the love of god should compel us and be the the thing that makes the decisions about how we're going to treat them how we're going to treat others and so many times people are dividing simply because they have chosen to walk in the flesh they made a decision i don't like the way that person looked at me i don't like what they said and so bless god i don't have to put up with this i'm out of here and the enemy wins the body of Christ is divided. The supply of the Spirit to your life is cut off. And people think they're okay these days because there's so many churches. Hmm. Where well, you go back to Bible days, some earlier, you know, they'd have to definitely move to a different city. And then they'd probably communicate. And when this person went over, they'd say, Hey, oh, watch out for so-and-so. They're a big baby. And they're just, they ran over everybody over here, so watch out. They're going to take offense over at your place next but here in in our our day and age people can just go to another church, nobody knows them nobody knows how selfish they are nobody knows if you don't do everything exactly the way they want, they're going to take offense and tell everybody else about it come on, and this is a person in whom the love of God dwells but simply not yielding to it simply yielding to the flesh they're acting the way, you know, maybe they were grown up to, to act that way, maybe the family they grew up in, everybody's always mad at each other I know families, they go for years without talking. Years. And different family members won't talk to each other. Because they're mad. You know what they did? But here's the other thing. They're Christians. They go to church. They raise their hands and sing, oh, I love the Lord. And they do all this stuff. And they don't. They don't what? Love the Lord. That's another part of this message. I'll come back to that later. But there's a deception there. To think, I I think I'll come back to it later. But there's a deception to think everything's good between me and God. It's just every, all, the, all the other people that I don't get along with. That person is not getting along with the Lord as good as they think they are. Okay. I t- hopefully I'll come back to that uh, another time. But, but the love of God in us needs to be not feeling based. That means... Not only do we avoid misinterpreting what someone meant or what they did, we should avoid that. But even when someone is wrong, they are completely 100%, you've got witnesses. They did you wrong. They did the wrong thing, and they didn't say they were sorry. How do you deal with them? Well, how did God deal with us? I think Jesus went to the cross before anybody said they were sorry. Are you listening? love is extended no matter what someone else does love is extended even when someone is blatantly doing you wrong and they know better the love of Christ in us compels us to love as he loved and this is an amazing force that binds people together it holds families together, holds churches together makes things powerful the enemy has no place in a person's life who will live with this as their guide no place. That's why it is the New Testament commandment, the commandment. If anything, if you were the enemy, what would you get try to get people to do? How about break the only commandment? Think there's any emphasis there? He is absolutely going to try to break, get you to break the single commandment. Because if he's done that, you've broken all the law. Just as just as you walk in love, you fulfill the law. You're not going to murder, commit it, all, all steal, all this stuff. When you break it, you've broken it all. Okay? This is how we got to live. Praise God. Let's go to one more. We'll introduce it and pick it up next week. John 15. John chapter 15. And verse 9. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. It's a good word. Come on, live in this love. Abide in it. Stay there. Make your home in the love of love of Jesus. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friends. Here's the point I want to finish up on today. Verse 11. These things have I spoken to you. Why? That my joy might may remain in you and that your joy may be full. How many know the most miserable people on the planet are the most selfish people on the planet? If I could define love with one word, I think it's bigger than that, but if I could define love with one word, I would say it is unselfishness. Or, if that's what, or selflessness might be a better word. Selflessness is the love of God. When people are selfless, they love as He loved. How many know Jesus didn't do this for Himself? When a person is selfless, what did Jesus say? Their joy would be full. The happiest people in life are the people who are selfless they're always thinking about someone else before themselves they are happy people say man if I'm just always giving always just giving I just don't know what will happen to me you're going to have the biggest smile on your face you're going to be so fulfilled you're going to be so full of joy when people do you wrong and you think all right, my flesh says this but I'm going to go ahead and go with the love of God here You are going to find your life so full, you'll be so fulfilled, you'll have the biggest smile on your face. People scratching in life, clawing to get things and make themselves stand out, looking out for number one, it's all about me and what you can do for me. They're always trying to get stuff and they're miserable the whole time. Jesus told us this. He said, you have got to walk in this love so you'll be happy. I realize that happy is not the word he used, happy is temporary, joy is long term. But you'll be full of joy in your life if you walk in this kind of love. That's a motivation for me, enough, me alone. What do most people want out of life? If you were to sum it down to one thing, people want to be happy. They want to have joy. They want to feel good. You know, they want to have joy in their life. What are they looking for? But they go about it the complete opposite way. They think, man, if I can just get away from this person, I'll be happy. Well, maybe if you were to get close to that person and give them stuff, bless them with your words, bless them with your actions, bless them with a $100 bill, bless them however you can, give, 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 you might be happier than ever. And that's what Jesus said would happen. If you'd abide in this love, your joy would be full. Ever had a down day? Ever had a depressed day? I think I got a solution. You got to go give to somebody. You got to go do something for somebody else. You got to say, Lord, here I am. I'm your man. I'm ready to go do something for the kingdom. Ready to go make someone else's day better. And check it out. Or you can go to the psychiatrist. (laughs) Give them a Nothing wrong with psychiatrists, love them, but give them all your money, all your time. Set up appointments, try to work this out. Or you can tap into a supernatural force called the love of God and watch the impact it has on you. Ooh, glory to God. Amen. Father, thank you today for your presence. Thank you for helping us to understand this love and to walk in it. Lord, it's our desire to know how much you love us. Lord, to have this love in us through the new birth. And to let this love flow out of us to all people, to everyone we meet, to everyone we know. And Lord, for this we thank you and praise you for your goodness. Glory to God. Thank you for your love outpoured. Your love is a healing love. It's a restoring love. Father, for those who are in difficult relationships even right now. Difficult marriage relationships, Father. I pray that the love of God would be revealed in them now. Let them see this stuff. Let them know how it acts. As you taught the Thessalonians, your love. Teach the Boiseans, Meridianians, the Nampaites. Lord, teach us your love so that we can walk in this stuff and give the devil no place give the devil no place we resist the devil now and he flees from us in Jesus name and Lord thank you for the love of God abounding in us now more and more and more in knowledge and all judgment Lord we trust you to help us to increase us in the outward flow (laughs) the outward flow of love towards all people. In Jesus' name, Lord, we give you glory. We give you honor. Father, I pray for those today.